Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Good morning, everybody. My name is Danny Rivers, and I'm one of the pastors here, and we're so glad to see you guys. You guys doing good today? Everybody good in the room? Yeah. Uh, And I trust that all of you guys at home or wherever you're watching this at are doing well as well. Okay, can we give our, our online church family a big hand? Yeah. Thank you guys for being here. Um, Today is Labor Day weekend, obviously, and I know there are folks that are enjoying their weekends, their three-day weekends, and I hope that tomorrow you have big plans for something. Some of you are like, my big plan is I got to go to work, all right? (laughs) But some of you, uh, a Labor Day, which is kind of weird because we're trying not to labor on Labor Day, but uh, I'm so grateful for that and grateful that we have days off from school. School uh, students, are you happy to not have uh, school tomorrow? Anybody? Yeah. Seven of you. All right, all right. <laughs> Today, um, if you're new here, first of all, thank you so much for being here uh, at LifePoint. It means so much to us that you're here. We tend to think in terms of series um, of messages where we take an idea or a, a verse or a passage or a chapter of the book of the Bible or a whole book of the Bible, and we just kind of go through it. Today is different. We're just going to do something that's just standing alone. We're going to start a brand new series next weekend called Chasing Shadows. And I will just say this about the series um, I've, I've done a lot of research, and a lot of thinking around this series, and I, it's one of these series I think, I think, I hope, I pray, will be very helpful for people. What, whatever f- phase of life you're in, whatever season of your life you're in, there's, there's four things I want to kind of get into that are, th- that are some of the biggest things that, we, that we're all looking for, and we don't even know we're looking for, that the, the human condition kind of leads us to focus on, and I want to dig into those four things. And so if you have friends, family, neighbors, coworkers who might be interested in just finding more out about like what, what's next in life, um, this would be a great series to invite them to. Today I just want to start by asking you a question, and it's a kind of a deep question, uh, but I want to just start there, and, and, and today, by the way, um, it's Labor Day weekend, we're going to have some fun today, hopefully you, you will enjoy and get something from this. The question I have for you today is, are you happy? You don't have to answer out loud. Think about your, your current reality, this current season of life. Are you happy? Now, there's actually this journal that I became aware of uh, several years ago, and every now and then I go look at it. It's, it's an academic peer review journal uh, called the Journal of Happiness Studies. The Journal of Happiness Studies, if you want to look into it. Just fascinating uh, studies that are all part of figuring out what it is that makes human life flourish. Um, what produces joys, and in, in many of the cases, what they're looking for, what they would call emotional well-being, well-being, um, they, they look at what distinguishes uh, mostly happy people from people who are mostly not happy, and they find that there is one factor, one distinguishing uh, sort of quality that differentiates people that are mostly happy from people who are mostly unhappy, and I want to just give you a second to the person that you like the most around you uh, to ask them or to tell them what you think the one thing is. Just really quickly, it's okay. Just a little audience participation. What's the one thing that makes people most happy versus the people who are not? Quickly, 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 quickly. They apparently don't like you because they're not talking to you. What do you think it is? Okay, so a couple things. It's not income. It's not money. So some of you are like, well, it would be for me, all right? <laughs> right? It's not, it's not, it's not health, like relative health. 
It's not the physical shape that we're in. It's not even security, like this notion that we're secure, that we're safe. It's not attractiveness. It's not IQ. It's not success. Now, these are many, many studies that have been done over the last 40 years or more. And they say what distinguishes consistently happy people from people who are less happy is the presence of rich, deep, abiding relationships. And then they said those relationships could appear in one of three categories, either family, like it's where we have a close family, or it could be friendships out or outside of our family, or they said within your, you have, you have a spouse that you're very deep and close to, and you would think, well, that's obviously a given, but come on, everybody, it's not given, right? So in one of those three categories, if you are consistently having joyful, deep relationships, you're going to most likely be happier, and in fact, Two of these studies that I looked into, one by a, a guy named ba ba Baumeister and another named Beller and Wagner, one was done in 95, one was 2018. This is what they said, both of them, that people who are deeply satisfied in their relationships are happier, healthier, and they actually live longer. So this is probably important that you hear what I'm going to say today. You can live longer. And, and here's what I know. This is science catching up with what the Bible already, we already know from the Bible, right? That God has wired us up, all of us, for relationships. We are wired for relationships. We thrive, we flourish best when we have deep friendships. But it's not just any people, and there's data that breaks this up. It's not just anybody. It's the right people, the right people, and that's what I want to talk about. Having the right people in our lives has so much to say about our, our satisfaction in life, our contentment, our well-being. In fact, our relationships, and this is borne out by much data, but it's certainly borne out by the Bible, will have as much influence on the paths that we take in life and then the resulting destinations that we arrive at in life than almost any other thing. Almost any other thing is not as, as important, almost, not everything, obviously, but most every, everything is less important than our relationships. Having the right people, the right relationships in life is critical for, for our success. It's critical for our well-being more than we may realize. In fact, I will say it this way. You are, I am, where I am, you are where you are because of the people that you have in your life up to this point for good or for bad. Now, of course, some of those people you chose to be in your life and some of those you inherited. Come on, can I get an amen from somebody, right? Like you just were born into this. But we are the sum total of our closest relationships. And I'm sure um, at some point in your recent history, those of you who drive, those of you who are trying to get someplace, you have gotten out your phone and you have looked for directions on your GPS uh, whichever one you like because you don't know where you're going or you're not sure about where you're going and maybe it looked like this right uh, I chose uh, Floors Country Store I'm not sure why I chose that um, but last night I could hear them very well because uh, I live not far away so I don't even have to buy tickets come on praise God 11 o'clock well I could just wake up and go out in my backyard and jam with whoever's jamming down there I'm not complaining at all come on a little bit I am right but but, 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 but here's the thing about life. Don't you wish there was a GPS for life? Don't you wish Google or, or Apple or whoever? Because sometimes here's the truth about our lives. Sometimes we realize I'm right here in this current phase of my life. This is my location. 
but I wish that I were here. I wish I were further along in whatever. The issue becomes, how do I get from here to where I want to be? Or, or better said, how do I go from where I am to where God wants me to be? And, and that's the thing I want to talk about because here's the truth about life. Life is moving. Life is happening. Chapters of our lives are flipping by. And the thing is, is most, in most cases, we don't get a do-over, right? We don't get to do them over. So we want to get them right. So, 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 so my location, right? Like when you go and you get on your maps, you, it, it's, it, it's asking you my, your location, right? That's important. And then where do you want to be? So, so let's just say, just for instance, if you said my location is I'm, I'm single right now and I have some bad habits that I wish I didn't have right? But, but your, your ending location, and this isn't true for everybody, but your ending location might be, I'd like to be happily married and have gotten rid of all my bad locations, right? How do I go from here to there? Like, or, or, or how about this? School loans, credit card debt, and not living on a budget, right? Apparently, they're going to take care of the, the student loans, so you can just sort of hang on for that, right? But what if your ending location was debt-free, with money to enjoy life and to be generous, right? That would be excellent, right? Or, or how about this for some parents, and sorry kids, I'm not throwing any of you under the bus, but I got two lazy, out of control kids. I don't, I'm not saying that, all right? Just, but like, because I got kids that go here. Come on, somebody, right? <laughs> but my ending location is that I have two pre-med students with full rides. Come on, if we're gonna dream, everybody, let's dream big, right? <laughs> There's no app for that, right? But let me tell you what you do have available. You and I have people. In fact, probably people just in this room right here alone, people at, that you know at home that are around that know where you're going because they've been there and they know how to help you get there. If you're married, you have seen people who have the kind of marriage you want to have, right? You've noticed these people. You've seen people whose financial house seems to be in order. And you're like, but we're in chaos. They have financial peace, we don't. You know people whose kids are enjoyable to be around, right? They're not yours yet, but come on somebody, but right, right, but you, you no, no matter where you're trying to go, we all have people around us who've probably been where we would love to go and know the way. They have a map, so to speak, right? Most of them are happy to let you in on what they know. Most people, if you would ask them, would be happy to tell you what they know. Now, none of this is a revelation so far, right? But what's amazing to me, 50 years old, right? What's amazing to me is how people refuse to, for whatever reason, to take their cues from people who are where they want to be. Like they don't go ask for help, right? They don't go, hey, can you help me get where I want to go? Instead, and this is maybe even more amazing to me, they'd rather take their cues and look at the maps of people who've never been where they want to go, right? And this is why we see people, this is why you've seen people, why I've seen people who repeat the same mistakes that their parents made before them that they hated, that they didn't like. This is why we see people who fall into the same traps they've seen other people fall into. And, and like a herd of sheep falling off a cliff, we follow the maps of people around us who've never been where we wanna go, right? Or worse yet, now it's popular to follow the maps of social influencers who have even less clue than we do about a lot of stuff, right? Right? 
If you don't know what social influencers are, then you don't have to worry about them. They're not going to impact you in any way, all right? It's all good. The great thing about having friends that are in the same season of life that you're in, which is normal to have friends that are in the same season of life you're in, right? is that you have so much in common, you can benefit so much from, from being around them, but there is a downside in that is that they aren't much further down the road in life than you are a lot of times. Friends are great for friendship, but they're not always great for advice giving because they're in the same season that you're in. So, so, so and, and probably some of you say, yes, I took advice from a friend, and now I'm in this mess that I'm in right now, right? We've all done that. But, but we make the assumption often in life that certain uh, ideas, certain ideologies, certain ways of living life, handling money, handling friendships, handling relationships are normal because that's what everybody else is doing. It, it must be right because everybody's doing it. So if everyone you know is mortgaged out of their minds, driving two leased vehicles and borrowing against their home, it must be right. And if that's you, like, I, well, I'm just going to leave it there. Anyways. If everyone you know is sleeping with whoever they're dating at the time, then that's just the way it is in our culture. If shacking up is easier instead of marriage, then that must be the best way. If everybody works so much that they only see their kids on the weekends at their various zillion activities that they're doing, then I'm sure we're all all right because everybody else is doing it, right? The problem, of course, is that everyone's on a path. You've heard me talk about this. If you go here, you've heard us talk about this. Every path has a destination, and the destination isn't what your intentions are. The destination is where the path leads. Like you can have the best intentions, but if you're on the wrong path, you end up the wrong destination. That's just the way it is. And, and, it, and, and, and so all of us take our cues in life from someone. Even right now, right now at this very moment, we all, everyone, myself included, we take financial, relational, moral, spiritual, professional decisions we are being impacted. In some cases, we are being dictated to by the patterns or the paths of other people. When it comes to many of the big things in life, we are being influenced by someone. So I'm going to get to the Bible here, I promise. Just give me a chance to set this up. In light of all that, it might be wise to stop and think about who's putting light on your pathway. Who is lighting up my pathway? Did you consciously choose those people to be an influence in your life or did you inherit them? Now this is a deep thought, but I want you to think about this. Did you pick up a set of maps that you're sort of living your life by as a reaction to the way you were raised? Like, I was raised this way, I hated it, so I'm gonna just veer off as far away from that as I possibly can. That's a set of maps that we picked up. Are we moving on just the well-worn paths of the herd, the culture, so to speak? Did you seek out advice from anybody who is older or wiser in the big decisions in life? Now, here's the truth right here. One of the most crucial decisions you and I, you and I will ever make is the decision regarding whose map we are going to follow. Trust me on this. Who is going to influence me in the big areas of life who am I going to take my cues from? It's important. And here's what I know about some of you right now. Some of you watching at home, right? You're thinking, I'm not following anybody's map. I don't even know what you're really talking about right now, right? I don't need anybody's help because I'm my own person. I'll pull myself up by my own bootstraps, right? If that's you, then you need to know that you actually are following the pattern or the map of those people who, who live in the world who consider themselves unconventional individualists, right? 
And, and there are lots of them, which means they're not really that, all that individual or unconventional. But if you tell them that, they'll freak out on you in a very unconventional way. Come on, everybody. Be careful. But, but what I'm saying is the unconventional life, like I'm my own man, I'll do it my own way, it's a path. And by the way, it's well-worn. It's not, even that, it's not even that unique. And like every path, it leads somewhere. Not necessarily bad, but everybody needs to know we are on a path and we just need to know that it leads somewhere. There is a destination, but it may not be the destination we think we're going towards. Now, the bottom line is the people in your life are influencing you down a path, and I can't stress enough how important it is to have the right people around you on life's journey. So, so what I'm saying is that in the core areas of life, again, financial, uh, identity, like just trying to figure out who I am, marriage, family, morality, spirituality, friendships, professionalism, education, we all need a mental picture. The Bible would call it a vision. We need a vision of how we want things to turn out in all of these areas. And then, and then learn what we can from the people whose lives reflect our goals and our aspirations. And for, in fact, even more importantly is that we get a vision of what God has for our life. Why in the world would we take cues from anyone else other than the God who created us? There, there is this Proverbs. I don't have it on the screen. There's this Proverbs. I think it's Proverbs 29. And I love, I love the message paraphrase that says something like, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. This is the same verse where it says, without a vision, people perish, right? He says, but when they attend to what God reveals, they are most blessed. If people... Uh, this is Proverbs 29, 18. Sorry, just if you want to look that up. If people can't see what God is doing, the picture that God has for their lives, they will stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to, when they focus on, when they pay attention to what he reveals, they are most blessed. We need the right people and the right picture in life. With all that in mind, we should not be shocked to discover that one of the primary ways that God directs our steps is through the wisdom of other people. So wise people listen and learn. This is a few passages from the Proverbs. This is the, the wise man, Solomon. Solomon says, Proverbs 1 and 5, a wise man will, say this with me, will hear. Let me ask you, in our culture, do we have um, a, a wealth of people who listen? Or do we have a wealth of people who speak their minds all the time? Think about it. A wise man will hear, and, and this is the result, an increase in learning. And a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. In other words, the person who has understanding is the person who uh, gets wise counsel, hears them, and then as a result, they increase in learning. The, the, Proverbs twelve fifteen says, the way of a, of a fool is right in his what? Own eyes. Right? Everybody thinks they're right about everything, right? But a wise man is he who, say this with me, who listens to counsel. The, the next one, Proverbs eleven fourteen, where there is no guidance, no map, no vision, 
no clear direction, no GPS, come on somebody, in life. The people fall, but in an abundance of counselors, wisdom, there is victory. Other translations say there is safety or security. W- one more, Proverbs 15, 22. Without consultation from wise people, plans are frustrated. Come on, how many of you know or feel frustrated, right, about life? But with many, here we go again, many counselors, they succeed. What succeeds? Plans do. The plans, the map, the picture, the vision, the patterns, the pathways, they succeed because they have many counselors. The the, the right people, again, I just want to nail this down. Solomon was the wisest man, the Bible says, who ever lived outside, of course, of Jesus. His writings are full A solid, straightforward advice, just like what we read. Wise people listen to counsel, he says. Fools don't. Wise people live and experience the fullness of life. They flourish. Fools don't. Wise people accept the fact that they need help to make it to the right destinations. Fools say, I don't need anybody to tell me what to do, right? According to Solomon, we will never get to a season of life where we've lived so long and we're so smart, we're so well-adjusted, so experienced that we'll, we'll no longer need the inputs of other people. According to Solomon, the wise person is always listening, always ready to hear the counsel of someone who is wiser than himself or herself in a specific area. In other words, you've heard me say this before, wise people know what they don't know. And so they go seek advice from those who do know, and that's what makes them wise. Wise people live in the awareness that I don't know it all about everything. I couldn't possibly know it all, but I'm wise enough to know that when it comes to finances or when it comes to how to raise kids or when I, there's somebody who knows more than me. For, for, so I'll give you a perfect, for instance, in, for, in my life, how this plays out for me. I'm raising two girls, right? I have never raised two girls before now. Come on, somebody, right? I don't know how to raise two boys. I know that boys are very different because some of them come to my house, they eat more right out of the gate. I know this. Yeah? So, so here's what I learned. There are times when I don't know what to do about how to raise two girls. But I have two friends who are just slightly older than me, just a couple of years older than me, but they got started a lot earlier than me. Their kids are grown. Their kids are married. They have kids. So, so I have a friend named Kevin Gary, and every so often I text Kevin, Kevin, here's what I'm going through right now, because Kevin has successfully raised three girls. Not just two, come on, three. He's a whole other level than me, right? <laughs> And Kevin, because he never calls me back, he texts me back. I have a litany, a wealth of information that is in the notes that says Kevin's wisdom. So when I don't know what to do, I text WWKD, right? What would Kevin do? Come on, somebody. (laughs) Wise people know what they don't know. And they go to those who do know. That's what makes them, say it with me, wise. So question in what areas of your life right now do you need to stop and ask for directions? What areas of your life, financially, relationally, educationally, health, whatever it is, parenting, where do you need to stop and ask for directions? 
What parts of your life currently that you're battling trying to figure out what to do could you use help from someone wiser than you? So in light of all that, last few minutes here, a couple thoughts. Number one, you gotta be selective about who has influence in your life. You and I need to know that not everybody around us is necessarily the right people to be giving advice. Proverbs again, Proverbs 27, 19. A mirror reflects a man's face, meaning we can see what a person looks like from the outside. He goes, but what he is really like is shown by the, kinds, the kind of friends he chooses. This is deep, man. Like, like everybody can put on an image and do image management, but who they really are can be shown by the kind of people that they, they choose. As we've already said, your relational decisions are gonna have profound impact on your direction, your well-being, your health, the whole bit. You show me who's influencing your life, who's influencing my life, and I'll give you a glimpse of part of what your future is gonna look like. So here's the truth. Another truth is your friendships are a force forming your future. This is important, everybody. I'm telling you, it's not just the Bible. The Bible's most critical, but there's data out there that proves this. Your future happiness, if these studies are to be believed, are being impacted by your own relationships. If it's true that the key people in your life are influencing down your life down a path for better or for worse, isn't it time to sit down and write their names down on a paper, paper and decide what their role could or should be in your life? So, so if they end up in a category where they're actually causing you to stumble, or as Paul says in, in, in another place, that they're bringing you down to their level of immaturity, it might be time to take this next step, which is to redefine any harmful relationships. And I would be even more, I would, I'd be more like focused by saying sever any harmful relationships now but just to be clear I'm not talking about your marriage come on you can't go home and say Danny said you're out get out I did not come on I did not say that you are my witnesses he said sever I heard him I heard him say sever I'm talking about any relationships that you have that are leading you down a wrong path like I don't want to get too into your business because it's none of my business right but if, if you're married and you're flirting and you're on Facebook saying and doing, it's a bad path with a bad outcome. Listen to me. Like, like text them no more, right? And then change your number. Come on, praise God. But what if I hurt their feelings? Do they care seemingly about your spouse's feelings? And anyways, I'm just, I told you I wasn't gonna get in your business, but I kind of did. <laughs> it might be time to sever or at least seriously create boundaries in your life with people who are, are, are not doing good things for you. And if you say, if you're young, you say, ah, we're just having friends. Listen, l- listen, here's what, P- what Proverbs says about people who are going, ah, we're just having a good time. He says, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Ah, it's not gonna hurt anybody. Not according to the wisest man who ever lived. So what makes a person a fool? Because that's a Bible word. We don't use it in our, we don't use it in our language, right? And, unless we're just talking bad about somebody. Like pity the fool, like Mr. T, anybody? Come on, anybody? <laughs> so, so what is a fool? I, I just want to quickly, quickly. Here's, this is, here's, some, here's some, some, some defining characteristics of fools from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 1.22, a, a, a fool hates knowledge, so you could say, bro, I know you saw that on that website or you heard that on that, but that's not actually true. What you're saying is not true. Let me show you what's really true. A fool will mock you, the Bible says, for the truth. 
right? Proverbs 18.2 says, fools take no pleasure in understanding. They're not looking to understand. They're looking to dig down on the position they currently have, right? A fool thinks that doing bad stuff is fun, Proverbs 15.5. A fool, Proverbs 19.1, speaks perverse things. Like their mouth is just constantly speaking perversity, right? A, a fool, Proverbs 12.16, is hot-tempered gets himself in trouble with his proud speech, Proverbs 14.3. Mocks at sin, Proverbs 14.9. Is deceitful, Proverbs 14.8. Despises his mother. Come on, moms, raise up, right? Proverbs 15.20. A, ch- a foolish child brings grief to his or her parents. Yes or no? Sorry, kids, there's a lot of beat down on you guys on this. It's Solomon, though. It ain't me, all right? It's Solomon, right? Uh, a foolish man commits sexual immorality, Proverbs 6.32, Proverbs 7, 7 through 12. A foolish woman tears down her house by her own pride. Proverbs 14.1. The ultimate description of a fool is the one who says in his heart, there is no God. Psalm 14.1. There is no God. That's the ultimate description, the Bible says, of a fool. Wise people walk with wise people because the companion of fools suffers harm. Two pathways that we have to decide which of my friends fit in which category. You're like, man, that's harsh. Listen, here's the next thing I need you to know. Not everyone who's good to you is good for you. Is that true? And they don't have to be bad people to not be good for you because sometimes people are in codependent relationships Neither are bad people, but they just support the weakness in each other. They support the worst in each other. If you dig down into the glue that holds the relationship together, it's their mutual weaknesses, not their strengths. You're not better together. You're actually propping each other's bad habits up. You hang around with negative people, everybody. You, it's hard not to get negative, right? If you hang around people who are always complaining about their job, complaining about their wives or their husbands or their friends or their parents or whatever, it's hard for that not to get in you, right? You ever try to lose weight with when your friends aren't trying to lose weight? Come on, right? It's like, dude, Taco Bell, you know? It's like, brah, I need grass and seeds. <laughs> Come on, spouses, right? My, you, like, you ever try to lose weight and your spouse is like, Psh, I'm, not, I'm not eating that. I'm gonna pound carne asada and bigger red today. You eat those seeds over there. I'm going to die happy. <laughs> You're 17. Don't die, right? Come on. It's true, right? T- time to maybe redefine a relationship. It's hard to do the right thing with the wrong people. It's much easier to do the right thing with the right people. I want to talk to the students here because this is super important that you get this. Those friends you're hanging around with at school, or in the neighborhood, what path are they on, right? And if you say, I don't know, just, we just hang out. I'm not even thinking about that. You need to think about that because a companion of fool suffers harm. Listen, if you go, I don't know where their path is, ask somebody who's older than you because they saw that movie from high school. That those kids like, that do that, this is where those kids end up. That super, super duper popular kid, that doesn't mean he's gonna be successful in life. A lot of times it's the kid nobody knows, the, co- the kid that nobody talks to. It's that one kid that everybody doesn't go, oh, they're the best at everything. The, they're, they're peaking in high school, everybody. Like their best days are like, man, I miss the good old days in 12th grade. They're 47. <laughs> man, if you could have seen me, babe, I could throw a ball across a whole mountain. Come on. <laughs> Moving right along. 
I wanna say this to the students. What was that guy's name, Uncle Rico, anybody? <laughs> Come on, we gotta put that one in the movies next time, right? I wanna say this to the students, it's important. I'd rather be lonely on the right path than in a crowd that's gonna walk off a cliff. Sometimes it's okay to not have a million friends. Better one friend going in the right direction than 20 friends going in the wrong direction. So we gotta get honest with ourselves where we're at in life. Are we happy? Are we flourishing? Are we on the right path? Are we headed in the right direction? If the answer is no or I don't know, time to evaluate it all. Third thing, really quickly. We gotta create some healthy relationships. We gotta be selective about who has influence. We gotta redefine any harmful relationships or any relationships that may not be uh, overtly harmful but they're not heading in the good direction. And we gotta create healthy relationships. Now I've said this a million times here but I'm gonna say it again. Not every friend out in, in, in your life is a friend in faith. You just need to know that. It's not to say that you shouldn't be friends with people who aren't friends in faith. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that every, everybody is on a path, everybody. Everybody's headed somewhere. And we need to know that the ideologies, the, the thoughts, the, the way that people think, just because they're our friends, isn't necessarily always right because they're headed on a different path than us. And I'll say this as a follow-up to that, that everybody needs friends in faith, right? Everyone needs friends in faith, not people in faith like they're, they're so-called believers, but I'm talking about real believers. There are, there are, there are friends there who are going our same direction in life. They're on the same path. There are friends that believe and share uh, our, our faith in God, who share our value of God's word and God's presence, right? And have our convictions, who will stand with us in life when life is hard. We need friends. Friends in faith tends to be friends in fire, because everybody's gonna go through a season in life where you're in the fire and you hope to have friends in faith who will walk in the fire with you like those three Hebrew boys did, right? Friends in faith are often the friends who go through the fire. Now you would say, well, Danny, I'm hearing what you're saying, but I don't have any friends like that. Then I would say to you, it's time to start finding friends like that. You're welcome, that was super, like, like that's not helpful, Danny, right? I wanna say this, if you're a man watching this at home, here right now, and you would say, I don't have any solid friendships with men of faith, it's time to start finding friendships with men of faith. If you're a single mom who's at, fr uh, 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 or sorry, a stay-at-home mom or a single mom who has no single church friends or single or stay-at-home mom friends, I, I would say it's time to friend those who do. If you're a young adult or a single adult who has no true friends who are, are, who are following Jesus, it's time to start finding some people in the same faith because it's hard to do the right things without the right people, everybody. I'm just telling you, it's hard. So some of you would say, well, Danny, I'm an introverted, man. I'm, I'm, I'm naturally shy, and I would tell you I am too. And you would say, no way, bro. You wouldn't be doing this up there. Trust me, you probably don't know anybody who's naturally more shy than I am. I have to work hard at getting in front of people. I have to work hard to come and meet people I don't know. It's not easy for me. But I know how important it is. Now, I want to say this because this is real talk, everybody. There is a pandemic of loneliness in our country, and the data that is emerging now, and I just read a study this week, it's, it's probably going to end up being much more deadly in the long run than the actual pandemic we've all been battling for the last couple of years.
everything bad, and I hate to say this because I don't want to be negative, but it's true, all the bad stuff is up. I just read a report two days ago about the massive negative effect shutting down the schools has had on our kids, and I know why people did it, but there's been a massive negative impact on our children because we shut down the schools. Teachers will tell you this. There's so much bad things that are going on in the lives of kids because they got isolated from one another. Guys, what I'm saying to you is so huge, even if it just feels like, ah, it's a fun message Danny's doing on Labor Day weekend. No, 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 it's huge. It's time for us to come out of our comfort zones, stop being relationally lazy. Come on, I know it's true of me. It's time to stop making excuses or assigning blame. It's time to start friending people in faith. Your friendships are a huge part of how God is going to move you forward in life. Friends matter in a huge way, and sincerely, I don't know uh, of a better way to do to find friends in faith than, t- than number one, to get on a team here at LifePoint. Like, we have a parking lot team out there, and if you're on that, thank you so much. Those people are out there right now. Those people know each other. Those people often are friends with each other. We have ushers here. There are ushers. Jamal, wave at me. Jamal's our lead usher right there. Wave at Jamal. Give it up for Jamal. Jamal and Jai, a wonderful couple who've been here for probably eight years now. Some of their dearest best friends, I know this for a fact, were found on the usher team. They made some of their closest friends by serving on the usher team, right? Friends in faith. They have plenty of friends that are not friends in faith, but some of their best friends are friends in faith because they serve. Like you're like, Danny, this is self-serving. You're trying to help the church. No, I'm trying to help you and the church. Come on, can I get an amen, right? (laughs) It's my job, both. Both of them are my job. The, the, the second thing I can tell you about friends and faith is life groups, right? We're, we're launching those this week. My, my group's starting this week. A lot of groups are starting this week. Some of them will start in a couple of weeks. And, and if you're saying, well, like, I don't, I, don't even want, I don't have time for a life group. Well, I would say to you, do you ever want to have friends and faith? If it's important to you, you have to make it important to your schedule and to your calendar, and you have to carve out time, and it's so healthy for you, and groups are forming right now, and you're like, I don't know if I want to go sit in a room with some people. Like, I don't know how else to tell you. See, because here's the problem. The friends God has for you, for you won't come into your life unless you start friending them. Proverbs eighteen twenty four: a man who has friends must himself or herself be what? Friendly. For, for, for our church is 14 years old. For 14 years, I've seen people come and go from our church, and not just this church, from other churches, and they say, well, that church isn't friendly. I didn't make any friends. And so we follow it up and go, hey, man, because sometimes they'll tell us on Facebook, hey, they'll blow it up out there. It's like, okay, hey, man, I'm so sorry you feel that way. Um, were you part of a group? No. Did you, did, did you serve on a team? No. Help, help me help you. Like, because how did you expect to meet people? Like, in the row? <laughs> What's up, bro? They didn't invite me out to dinner. I'm quitting this church, man. <laughs> Th- think about it, everybody, right? How, do, how are so pe- people supposed to know you if you don't integrate? If you don't get involved? Like, well, they didn't chase me out of the parking lot and follow me to my house and ask if they could come in and have dinner with me. Like, I'm not trying to be jer- a jerk, but it's like, dude, how, like, how, how do you expect to make friends if you're not friendly? And can, can I say this as well? Sometimes we need to tell our faces that we're friendly. <laughs> I 
Does that, is that, you know how like when you go into a hotel and you don't even know why you just feel inclined to put the do not disturb on your door? Like somebody, some like traveling salesman's gonna come knock? <laughs> Sir, can I interest you in some, you know, encyclopedias? <laughs> why, why do we do that? It's like just because I don't want anybody bothering me. The thing is, is some of us have a do not disturb sign on our face. Yes or, yes or no, people? Come on, am I, am I very wrong? Right. Like, oh, that guy doesn't want to talk, you know? It's like, it's like they're just sitting there like. <laughs> it's been a while since I flicked out a knife. I just felt the need to pull it out, right? It's Labor Day. You got to flick out a knife every now and then. Don't come at me. <laughs> Kidding. This guy's a pastor? What kind of church is this? I don't know what kind of church it is. We just flick out knives every now and then. For Jesus. It's for Jesus, of course. If you cut somebody a little bit for Jesus, it's fine, you see? Didn't say that either. Take that out. Take that out. Take that clip. Yeah, it's going to be in the news tomorrow. Local pastor (laughs) says to stab people for Jesus. It should be a thing, though. I'm, I'm not, not really. <laughs> not really. Last thing, I got to go. I'm over time. Of course, I'm over time. <laughs> what else can I do? La- the, 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 this is the last thing, I promise. We need to create relationships, not just with friends, right? Like, but with wise mentors. H- here's the truth about people with wisdom. For years, our church was a baby church, meaning that everybody in our church was like 30 or younger. But as I'm getting older, right, because I'm getting older, we have a lot of seasoned, wise people in our church. Took us years to get here. But all around you are people with wisdom because they've lived life, they've experienced life. And the thing about these people is they're probably seasoned in an area of life that maybe you're not yet. Finances, faith, relationships, health, fitness, spirituality, career, whatever. These are people who I would say have a map. They have a map. They have that guidance that Proverbs talks about. They know. They know how to have a successful marriage or they know how to navigate financial life and realities. They've been through seasons where financially they were in trouble, but now they've figured out how to get out of it. And God will use those people if you friend them And again, I don't know how else to tell you, how do you meet people who are older and wiser than in a a team or in a group? I don't know how else you would do it. So so God will will use people, but but here's the thing, because here's what I've learned, and I'm done right here. All through these 14 years and and, and the 20, you know, 15 years before that I was a student pastor, people would come and say, hey, Danny, I need help. I need advice about this or that. And I would do my very best to give them the best advice I could. But then I would notice that they didn't do anything that we talked about. And they would find themselves back in the same thing. And, th- and I would go, why did they do that? Because human beings are inclined to going towards the path of least resistance. It's what we're inclined towards. But the problem is, is that the good stuff in life is uphill. The best stuff in life is, is hard to get to. All of it. Best relationships, it takes effort. Financial peace, effort like fit physical fitness effort yes or no right everything john maxwell says that all the good stuff in life is uphill but human beings are inclined to going downhill only and then we wonder why our lives don't get better and here's the thing i will say it's next to impossible to hear the voice of wisdom if we're not listening 
for the voice of wisdom. And when we hear the voice of, the wi- of wisdom, the wise person responds to the voice of wisdom and course corrects. I'm not on the right path. So here's the last verse, Hebrews chapter 10, and I'm done right here. And let us consider how we may spurs one another. Come on, spurs. This is proof that God is, your team is not in the Bible. (laughs) But mine is, praise God. How we may spurs one another on, spurs one another on towards love and good deeds Right, which is what serve day is about October 1st. Let us not give up what? Meeting how? Together, as some people are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another. And, and here's, the, here's the thing. And all the more as you see the day, the day is the coming of Jesus, right? As all the more as you see the day approaching. The Bible is a relational Bible. And we are supposed to, us, we, are supposed to meet together to spurs one another on, come on, praise Jesus for the spurs, toward love and good deeds. That's the testimony of everybody I know who finds that they flourish in their faith. They don't do it alone. They don't walk it out alone to do this us we together it matters amen everybody so father thank you for the word of the lord i pray that it would find good ground in hearts and lives god i I pray that people wouldn't just be hearers of the word only but they would be doers of the word i pray that we would respond um god to your word to your commandments to your commissions god that we would thrive, that we'd find human flourishing uh, in, in the doing of this, God. Whatever that looks like for people, I pray that they would take a next right step. I pray for them in Jesus' name. And everybody said a good amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. God bless. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.